picture. Am I clear over there? Loud and clear. Okay. Hot mic, son. I see it. Okay, you ready? <laughs> you ready? Man. It's another weekend. You ready? You on Man. top of it. Man, we still rolling with YZ. I'm kind of liking it, man. You know what you think? You taking me back to my day, man. I mean, we could always do that, or we could flip it back to the. Man, you know, Big Mitch would probably prefer this jam right here. <laughs> I like that YZ. You know, we gonna mix it up every now and then. Play them at the same time. Man, you can't mix that on top of YZ. <laughs> but you you are proving to the people that you the one running everything though. You the one that was doing it. I was just telling I was giving you some direction. People, them people know good and damn well I wouldn't be over there trying to mix YZ. <laughs> oh man. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Those of you who tuned into our last episode, that's your cue to invest a dollar into the doggy coin. Anytime you hear me say, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another funky, fresh episode of the I Got Sense podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about the pandemic and the mm. job market. But before we talk about all that, I want to introduce myself. I am Andre, young entrepreneur and a mentee of none other than the brother beside me. Before I continue with his little intro spiel, we'll give him a round of applause just because... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> this is a brother with many years of experience in the financial investment realm, licensed financial investment advisor, brother who knows how to make money, manage money, and will teach you how to make your money, make money for you. Shyan Simmons. What up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your boy Shyan Simmons. I got sense investment advisor, aka your boy DJ Dividends. And you know I still got this here Silver Fox looking rolling too. Hey, aka Silver Fox in the building. Yes, sir. And I gotta hold on to it now that I got those uh, new funky fresh uh, animated logos y'all put oh, together. Oh yeah, you definitely do. You so definitely do. I'm I'm married to this Silver Fox look. <laughs> he gonna be the gray Rick Ross, y'all. The Man, Silver Rick Ross. The only thing I gotta do now is slim down to look more like my animated cartoon because <laughs> when people see me in person, they are gonna be damn trying to sign me for the uh, offensive line for the Raiders. <laughs> hey, that ain't a bad thing. Hey, it ain't a bad thing, but my knees ain't happy. Get a two day contract and just sit on the bench. Man. Hope hope you ain't gotta get in. Bruh. <laughs> Don't wanna get in. <laughs> Sitting on the bench eating a chili slaw dog. Chili slaw dog. This episode <laughs> is brought to you in part by the chili slaw dog. Uh, the chili slaw dog. All right, let's talk about this, man. The pandemic. You know what I'm saying? It's been going on since March of last year, 2020. We are now in almost August of yeah. 2021. Man, this year went by quick, didn't it? This show did. You just blinking. It's almost Christmas. Can't wait. Man, Can't that wait. means we out here working hard because when you're busy, time flies. Literally. Man, like, seems, seems like, like that. an eagle. <laughs> Tell me about it. Through Soaring. the sea. Straight into the future. Yeah, so I mean, we we almost back in a uh, full swing, uh, and got through the whole pandemic, and uh, 
that's what we're gonna talk about uh today, right? Uh just the pandemic and the uh yeah, and job the effects on the job market and where we at now because mm-hmm. things are different now. Yeah, people going back to work. Yeah, but they are a little bit different than they were before the lockdown. Talk about it. <laughs> so man I'm blessed to have, you know, the entrepreneurial route. Yeah. I don't really experience too much of the change as far as the, the corporate environment goes, but I've heard it's yeah. a little different out there. Yeah, it's a little different Folks out there. getting a little more testy, like, I don't need this. I don't want right. to go back there. Right. Well, yeah. I got to be there. I did my job all this time without being there. Well, that's what I'm noticing because, mm-hmm. you know, um, over at uh, Iron Step, um, we've uh, probably interviewed, I'd say we on interview number 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We've made uh, four job offers. Out of the four job offers, we've only had one person accept. Wow. And that's why. Because they want to work from home, I'm sure. Well, there are three different things um, that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. So um, the first thing is, surprisingly, um, since the pandemic, um, a lot of people that we've interviewed um, and looking through their resumes um, they're saying that they've uh, actually started their own business. So we're seeing a lot of people that are coming in looking for a job, but when you look through their resume, their most current work experience is, hey, I started this business here, I'm doing this here, or I'm an independent contract. So um, definitely out of the pandemic, we've seen a lot of people start their own business. Shout out to y'all out there doing it. Now, <laughs> some other things that I've experienced, the second thing is, a lot of people that we are interviewing and I've talked to have uh, pretty much downsized their expenses. Mm. And uh, they pretty much said that they don't necessarily need to work, but yeah. they, you know, they, they just out to. there filling the market and seeing where they can get in, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And for the most part, for Iron Step Construction and Engineering, what I've consistently noticed is most of our applicants live within five miles of the office. So they're right there from the uh, Long Beach, uh, the Lakewood. Um, I think the person that I've seen the uh, live the farthest away from um, actually where our office is is a uh, one lady over in Cyprus. Mm. Um, but we haven't seen um, traditionally what I would see where people are applying from all over Southern California. So it's just people right in that general area. So um, that's kind of consistent with what I've been getting in feedback and interviews that Hey, I've downsized. I've cut out a whole lot of my expenses, or I moved back home with my parents, or I'm sharing, um, you know, an apartment with a, a friend or a relative or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm okay and cool now with my unemployment benefits or whatever um, resources they have, and so they're not desperate to get back to work. They just yeah. kind of seeing seeing what's out there and seeing if this is something that I could fold into, you know, uh, my. Uh, uh, come up time here, so. All right. Now that's now, the folks second. Sound one. like folks out there knowing they value and uh, trying yeah. to trying to see what's 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 good with it. Well, that's a that's a versus good versus being out there like, nah, I need this. Like, hire me. They yeah. like, eh, no, nah, definitely not that because the, that 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 uh, segues over into the third thing that I've been noticing um, over the uh, last uh, three to four months, um, and that is is that uh, people really. Uh, Demanding more pay. So you know the whole $15 an hour minimum wage thing? Yeah. Um, You know, we've um, actually uh, uh, implemented that here in Southern California. I don't know about nationwide, but I think here in California, if I'm not mistaken, 
the minimum wage is fifteen twenty two. Yes, uh, it's definitely fifteen dollars. So uh, we've had people uh, come in, and and so uh, typically in our office, uh, the start pay for the positions that we're filling starts somewhere around nineteen, between nineteen to twenty six an hour. However, we were trying to fill a receptions, uh, uh, someone to work at our reception desk. Mm-hmm. And we were also um, trying to uh, uh, hire someone to help uh, maintain um, all the equipment uh, to do all our inventory and everything. And we were um, um, targeting either college students or maybe some kids that were 18 um, and just graduating from high school. And we were offering... Um, um, 16 was basically uh, what uh, my partner and I had said. 16 was the minimum, and we can go all the way up to maybe 19. Wow. Um, however, in interviewing the folks that we did interview for these people, um, they were coming in saying that, you know, hey, uh, well, I heard that California is supposed to be going to $18, you know, $18 an hour. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they, they have, I don't know where they're getting all that information from. I have uh, seen a couple of articles about um, advocates out there pushing to say that 15 an hour still isn't enough and it should be, you know, maybe around 1866 mm-hmm. for at least for the state of California. So there's nothing uh, tangible in place um, coming through, uh, you know, the uh, California legislation to uh, say uh, that they're getting ready to raise it up to this year, 1866. But some of the applicants, they're already, uh, you know, um, speaking that language, saying that this is at a minimum, this is where you all should be starting from because that's where the state of California um, is uh, trying to go with it. Um, So we've definitely seen, like, the whole attitude of, uh, you know, job applicants out there yeah. Not necessarily desperate and jumping at whatever offer we have it at. Definitely a lot of uh, engagement and uh, counter offers. And um, like I said, we've uh, made four job offers and uh, only one person is accepted. Um, and, and, and one of the things that sticks out in my mind right now as I'm talking about it is um, we were trying to get a contract administrator. And on that contract administrator position, we uh, set our um, pay range um, between 28 to $36. And uh, the applicant that we liked the best and we really wanted to bring her in because she had industry experience and we were very impressed with the Rolodex that she had that she was going to bring over. Mm-hmm. Man, she told us to go kick rocks at 36 She's like... <laughs> No, I'm kind of like, I'm already um, right at 42, and um, I was looking to get like a 20% bump on the 42. Wow. <laughs> so so she Back was. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, huh? she was She was like expecting to get uh, right around $50, $51 mm. an hour. And, uh, hey, I wasn't mad at her, you mm-hmm. know. You you are worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you. Um we, I thought she was worth it, um, but just from a small business standpoint, um, I could barely afford the 46, and yeah. uh, I definitely couldn't um, offer her, um, you know, over 50. Um, but that's kind of, uh, you know, the state of uh, where we are, um, at least from an iron step perspective of, you know, 
the job market as it relates to coming back out of this here pandemic. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I feel you, Sean. I um over at uh KLE Creations, you know, we we got a couple uh part-time jobs that we're looking to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And uh it's been a new new experience for me now, you know. All this time mm-hmm. been been doing my thing, my dang self. Now I'm like, all right, taking more yeah. of the managerial role, put some of these jobs out there, and I was surprised to see how many people were applying. And uh, I think I went through about 56 applications for a video mm-hmm. editor role and narrowed it down to one. Got that interview coming up next week. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting to see people's, I guess, approach to applying to these jobs now. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are just either trying new things or know their worth or just really looking for new opportunities. Yeah, and, uh, well, I would imagine over at uh, KLE, Creations, uh, your job sound a whole lot more fun and sexy and interesting. Well, yeah, so, that's that plays a good part. Of so, it too. <laughs> because when you start talking about videography and yeah. you know doing film and all that type of stuff, and us being in Los Angeles in La La, you mm-hmm. know the the epicenter yeah. <laughs> of uh, movie entertainment, I would imagine that you would probably be getting a whole lot of uh, more traction than. Uh, you know, us over at uh, Iron Step, where we uh, basically still out there pounding the pavement <laughs> and doing blue collar work every day. So, I would imagine uh, you you're probably doing a whole lot better than me. But I I've definitely uh, been in uh, shock uh, a bit um, to see uh, the attitudes um, of uh, you know the applicants out there and the uh, workforce uh, coming out of this pandemic. People are not a uh, if you're not uh, in a position to give people these here salary positions with the pension and the benefits and everything, and you're talking about an hourly rate with no benefits, man, these people is like, I ain't got no holler for it. Yeah. None it's whatsoever. A, it's a new, it's yeah. definitely a new paradigm shift going on right man, now. Man, that's an understatement. Now, what I can say uh, about the employees that do have uh, more so careers and uh, they are now um, having to transition back into the office, those employees are kind of disgruntled and disenfranchised too because um, now they're seeing um, the big impact um, from uh, or the difference between uh, having to be to work at 7 so they roll out of the bed at uh, 6.58, still in their pajamas, and then just, you know, pick up their laptop computer and log on. And so now they're back to uh, being in the office at 7 a.m. requires me to get up at 5.15 and, you know, uh, get myself together, mm-hmm. uh, get my breath right, powder my nose, and then get in the car and uh, hit the traffic. And, you know, we've already talked about this. L.A. traffic never went away. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, on top of that, now you're seeing your commute back to the office um, take money out of your pocket because now you got to fill up your gas tank. And being out here in La La, on average this summer, uh, the gas has been somewhere between 459 and 516 this year. So the gas is brutal. Um, uh, your time is cut short now, and you're back to this here grind. So um, a lot of employees are just not um, feeling this here stuff from uh, the whole lockdown. And um, I'm expecting to see a, a, a shift 
that's never going to go back to the way it used to be. Employees are not going to demand to telework more, if mm-hmm. not 100%. Um, they're going to uh, demand more flexibility and more say-so in how and when they get their work done and how to deliver it, uh, deliver their result to their boss or whoever the next person is in the workflow chain that they need to pass it off to. Um, but, yeah, I've seen uh, it's like night and day uh, um, between how things were in the uh, – um, job market and economy um, before the pandemic and now coming out of it looks totally different. Big facts. And you know what's crazy? What's that? We might be shutting back down come uh, the end of the year. Man, I don't. That deviant mess better get on out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> With them people, them folks out there that hasn't ha- haven't gotten that damn shot, they need to go ahead and get that uh, vaccination shot. Man. And, you know, it's a big talk about that going on around the uh, uh, NFL now. The NFL yeah. is saying something about uh, those who uh, don't get the vaccination um, uh, might not be able to come back to work. They've had some variations to that of saying you can only play the home game, you can't go on the road. Blah. I mean, uh, and I'll go ahead and put it out there before you even ask me about it. I agree with the NFL. You do? Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of uh, political and personal choices behind that. And, uh, you know, certain folks want to make a stance and say they don't want to take the vaccination, blah, blah, blah. I get all of that. Uh, me personally, uh, with football being the ultimate team sport with 53 people on the roster and each of those 53 guys have to do their part in order for them to be successful, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, pretty asinine that, a few individuals sprinkled in there saying that I'm not going to get the vaccination, but I still uh, deserve the right to come into the locker room and participate, not only with the 53 guys that are your so-called teammates, but your 53 guys are competing against 53 guys across the field. And so we already have the protocol and the procedures in place. We already understand the best practices when someone tests positive for COVID-19. So now if you're one of those ones that's not vaccinated, you're highly susceptible to contracting the COVID um, um, virus than someone that is vaccinated. And now you bring that into the locker room and you infect someone else. Um, just one incident, that's going to cause the NFL to probably cancel that game, right? Wouldn't you say so? Yeah. So now what – I'm a financial analyst and I'm a numbers guy. So I'm looking at it from this perspective. You as an individual, you can make that choice. However, if you bring the infection into the locker room, now you force the NFL to – follow protocol, and cancel the whole event. So now, not only does the football players not get paid, the coaches don't get paid, the fans got to get their money back who's bought tickets, Uh, the guy in the parking lot that's making money parking cars, he don't make no money, the guy taking tickets to get into the stadium, the guy selling the hot dogs, the beers, the slice of pizza, the folks that's going to clean up the bathrooms, that's going to clean up the stadium, all of those people, you've just affected all of them on your side of the uh, field 
as well as the entire arena, and also you've impacted the uh, other 53 guys on the other side. And so for those reasons, that's why I say I think it's just asinine, and I agree wholeheartedly with the NFL. If you don't want to get the COVID-19 vaccination, don't bring your ass in here. Stay home. That's how I feel about it because I'm a businessman. I'm looking at it from a business standpoint. I see, but what about the NBA and how they've handled everything with with not making them the shot mandatory, but also having the testing in place and showing that you could run an organization in a league and and an athletic league at that to a successful point of being able to compete and not have to sacrifice. Let's do the numbers, Andre. NFL roster fifty three probably need all fifty three guys to get through the game. Mm-hmm. NBA roster roster of twelve. Mm-hmm. Really only need five guys. You can probably make it through a game with maybe a sixth, seventh, or eighth man. Mm-hmm. So big difference. And if someone gets impacted and affected, infected with the uh, virus on an NBA team, you can put them in quarantine, mm-hmm. right? And you can say next man up. That's not really going to impact the outcome of the game unless it's your number your one player. guy, your star player. Yeah. Anybody after the third guy, if you get infected, then, you know, you go quarantine and get yourself together and stay away. And when you get through that and you test negative, come on back. So I think it's a false equivalent. Now they're both professional leagues, but I mean, when you look at the ultimate team sports, the NFL is requiring on 53 guys. So for a contest combined, you're talking about 106 guys. NBA, you're talking maybe somewhere between 10 to 15, 16 guys that actually put on the show. Totally, mm. to, total different dynamic. Yeah, I understand that. I just, I don't know. I feel like the NFL tends to take the easy way out when it comes to a lot of things. This being one of them, I get the, I get the challenges at hand. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's, well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see it unfold. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way, Andre. Since the NFL owners are entrepreneurs and businessmen, <laughs> and you're a business person, <laughs> what about your employee who doesn't want to get the uh, coronavirus and now he drags his ass into your production set? Yeah, he just got to make sure he got that, then, <laughs> that brand new COVID test every or, day. if he don't get that brand new COVID test every day, you're going to tell him to keep your ass at home, right? You're going to have to figure out how to get you. I don't know, I'm not, Man, I don't I know how you're going to film remote. But you're gonna have to get exactly. That's what I'm, and all, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying from a business standpoint. Yeah. Now, if you want to have a discussion from a political standpoint point and, um, you know, all of this other stuff that's going on and the politics of it, yeah, that's a whole different conversation that we can have at the, uh, you know, the... Uh, I just think it would be more reasonable for them to allow people who are humans that can make their own decision to have the option of either getting tested or have the option of having the vaccine, but making one of those options, like you have to have one or the other. You can't just be showing up willy nilly with neither. Yeah. I think that's a fair approach. Yeah. The whole thing is we all learn from an early age, the etiquette and the expectations and the responsibility of being in a shared space. Mm-hmm. So when you go out into the public in a shared space, there are certain expectations well, you have to I, meet. You know, I'd love to 
say that everybody know that, but it's a lot of motherfuckers out there that ain't washing right, their hands after wiping their ass. <laughs> well, we agree. Now nah, we that that's the difference between the way it should be and the way it actually is. Yeah. But there is an expectation in shared space. Mm-hmm. There's certain protocol and etiquette that you need to follow. Yeah. So with this here whole COVID thing and whether or not you opt to choose, uh, take the vaccination or not, it's no different than the one we were having back in 2018 and 2019 with all of these parents out here saying, I refuse to get my child vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Now you bringing your child around and they don't have that measles and mumps and chicken pox and polio and all those vaccines. Now you're jeopardizing the whole classroom. You're jeopardizing a whole community within the school system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's foolish. And you shouldn't have, well, I don't want to use the word shouldn't. That's too strong. You should have enough sense of community and responsibility to say that there's a moral and ethical obligation to get your child immunized. Not coming there with all this here other crazy stuff and conspiracies about the government is injecting all these here chemicals in our kids unnecessarily, blah, 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 well, blah. Well, there are also cases to back up the effects of these vaccinations. Absolutely, but that's what they call an outlier. Mm. Generally speaking, generally speaking, 330 million people in the United States, uh, up to a certain point, everybody got vaccinations. You might have had, you know, less than a, less than a percent of 1% might have, you know, um, turned into uh, Down syndromes. You know, some of those defects that they've tried to tie back to uh, immunization stuff. But those are outliers. I'm talking about generally speaking. Yeah. Generally speaking, we're talking about the bell curve. And I think that's the that's the part that everybody's looking at, is that I ain't trying to be a part of that 0.1% or 1% of right. population that has the side effects that are severe from this. Absolutely, but keep your ass home. (laughs) I'm back to my same point. Stay home because in this here shared space, there's expectation that you get certain things done. If you don't want to get it done, stay home school. Stay home and homeschool. That's how I feel. So getting back to the NFL, that's what I'm saying about these guys who choose to say that they would rather retire than get a vaccination. Retire. And if the NFL uh, decides to get together and say, and these guys that want to go through the whole formal process of actually retiring and make their point and to prove their point, I hope all the NFL owners get together and collude and never let their ass back in the league. Keep your ass home. I wouldn't say all that. That's what I'm saying. Because you're talking about life and potential death or life and severe injuries from a vaccination that doesn't have a lot of history behind it yet. But this is a financial podcast. Yeah. We ain't got to dive into the back and forth of that. Yeah, the way that's the that, the, the that's the political side of it. But, but my point that I was making about the NFL is that if you allow the infection from the pandemic to come in and disrupt the business concern and the business of concern is the game day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just impact you. Yeah. It impacts all the players on both teams. It impacts all the stands that uh, all the fans that bought tickets. And then it impacts all the other ancillary workers that work on game day. Sound like they got to figure out a, a plan of action. 
I got a plan of action for her. I don't already told him. <laughs> Keep your ass home. Well, moving on <laughs> to other pressing issues that are going on as a result of the pandemic, man. Right. What's 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 up with Big Brother? What they up to? Man, Big Brother has been overwhelmed. Um, they got hit with the uh, lockdown of the pandemic back in March of uh, last year. And that was right in the middle of a tax season. Mm. So then, you know, in the middle of the tax season, the president decided, I'm going to give out stimulus checks. And the only way we can get it out to the American people is we have to use the infrastructure we already have in place, which was the IRS system. So now the IRS had to issue all these stimulus checks, Mm. which interfered with uh, the regular ongoing concern of doing tax tax returns. So now... They had to push the taxes, tax returns out, uh, you know, I mean, the tax tax deadline out to uh, May 17th. Mm-hmm. And then we had a second stimulus check. Then we had a third stimulus check. And then just three weeks ago, um, President Biden came out and said, oh, by the way, I'm going to start um, sending out those damn child tax, uh, child tax credits, too. That's, so everybody is using the IRS platform to um, um, get money out to the American people is put a strain on them to the point where during 2020 through um, June of 2021, the IRS has lost approximately 30% of their workforce. People have just quit or retired or found other jobs because they're just overwhelmed and exhausted and there's so much pressure on them. Now, with that other 70% left in there, um, they're supposed to be over there working and trying to keep everything afloat. They're they're basically juggling 12 crystal balls and being threatened not to let none of them hit the floor. Mm. But they're working the whole stimulus, one, two, and three. They're working the whole uh, child tax credit situation, getting those payments out, and they're still dealing with all the complications of processing 77 million tax returns too so it's a real big mess over there and if you all notice anybody that had to get in touch with the irs from april of 2020 until just five minutes ago it's nearly impossible nothing works on their websites you call and you the phone ring until it just hangs up in your face or if they (laughs) do answer it takes them an hour to answer when they do answer you give them a complicated question or ask them a status and they tell you to hold on and 20 seconds after you they put you on hold, you just get disconnected. <laughs> so so that, that's pretty much I'm what's been going on with Big be, Brother, the IRS. It's been very frustrating. Um, but the crazy thing about it is, is that all the taxpayers that have tax liabilities from previous years and other complications where they owe that damn interest and penalty stuff, the IRS hasn't frozen that part. Right. So they haven't been able to address it or accept payments or allow people to um, go about their business of uh, handling their affairs with their tax situation. So, you know, the penalties have kicked in, the interest occurring, all of that has continued on, and so it's only putting people. It's only it has only put people in a worse position um, than they were before the pandemic. Because um, just like everybody else, all the folks over at the IRS had to sit down during the lockdown, and of course they're the government, so they're the last ones to have the infrastructure in place. They couldn't work from home. Mm. 
So they just kind of sat at home and did whatever they could working off a hard copy paper. They admitted um, publicly that everybody that mailed uh, anything into them hard copy, all of that mail came in and literally just sat in a pile and the pile grew from April to October of 2020. Just a big mess. And so when they finally did get back to working right around late December of 2020 and early January, they spent the first six months of this year trying to catch up and process all that paperwork, all that mail that piled up on them. They've uh, they've uh, um, also been trying to straighten out the whole um, um, tax uh, filing um, process and then on top of that, they're still dealing with people that are looking for, you know, their stimulus check, their third stimulus check. And 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 the folks that are they're doing that as well, since those other thirty percent of them quit, instead of them focusing most of their damn time on trying to juggle the twelve crystal balls, all the IRS workers that are still there, they've been around there just applying for jobs, trying to move up, <laughs> move up in the IRS and get the uh the uh the the promotion and stuff so it's been uh big brother has been uh very crazy over there um and they but they're getting back to normalcy now and uh one of the things that has impacted me um directly um with the uh IRS is that um in addition to me uh having a, a more complicated time getting through uh tax season with my uh 300 something tax clients well, I've uh, lost um, six employees uh, within the last uh, four months. Three of them I lost to the IRS. Mm. And that, but but that's because, uh, you know, my, uh, I'm in the uh, financial uh, world, so yeah. most of my employees are accountants or auditors or financial analysts, and so um, that's right for, uh, you know, any accounting firm or the IRS because that's basically – the business they're in also. And so um, I've uh, had uh, several of my employees jump ship and go and take promotions over at the IRS. But in doing my exit interviews and having a good relationship with the three employees that have left and gone over there, um, I've been able to get some additional insight to uh, why those uh, opportunities are over there. Mm -hmm. And so basically um, during the whole pandemic and everything that happened with the uh, stimulus money and the PPP loan and, um, you know, all of this uh, disaster relief stuff. And now employees are saying, I'm not going to go work for anybody. I want to start my own business. Um, people going back, trying to amend their taxes and add schedule C's to their tax returns. So the IRS is setting up a whole new, four whole new divisions Talk about it. One of those divisions. This is what I was excited to hear about. <laughs> One of those divisions that they're setting up, and I can promise the folks out here, they're gonna aggressively, and I mean they are gonna aggressively audit this here area, these three areas of concerns within the next two tax years. You can expect the IRS to be watching you like a hawk if you're doing a lot of bank wire transfers and especially mm. if they're for substantial amounts of money, mm -hmm. if you're doing wire transfers and it's into the thousands of dollars and you do it on a regular basis, they're going to be going in closely watching the banks that are processing these as well as the individuals sending them 
and receiving them. So the IRS and the three employees that I've lost that went over to the IRS, they're all going to be working in this here new division that the IRS is setting up. And they're going to be focused on going in, taking a look at bank wire transfers. The next area that they're going to be aggressively pursuing and auditing is they're going to be looking at cryptocurrency transactions. Everybody that sat around here talking about uh, cryptocurrency is the way the world is going because it ain't government backed and they listen, can't listen, tax listen, it and blah, listen, blah, blah. Listen. I've been telling everybody <laughs> that comes to me asking about doggy coin, crypto, not to sell they got dang cryptocurrency. Why? Because you are are going to have to pay taxes on whatever yep. you sell, especially if you use platforms like Robinhood or Coinbase. Mm-hmm. Crypto is not tax free. So any profit that you make, you will have to pay taxes on it. And Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles, all the uh, brokerage uh, firms out there that have these here brokerage accounts that you use to buy, sell, and trade your cryptocurrency, they have issued you a 1099 saying that you made a profit or a loss off your cryptocurrency. But before they send it to you, I promise you, 30 days before that, they sent that information to the IRS. Yep. The IRS already has it. And if you didn't put it on your tax return, guess what? That little special division over there. They're going to they find you. <laughs> they they, they going to get you. In addition to looking at those bank wire transfers, they're going to be looking at all of these little cryptocurrency transactions that happened in these brokerage accounts. Yeah, especially y'all out there talking about the PPP loan. Mm-hmm. Man. So let me give you a bit of advice out there. The IRS are the biggest gangsters in town. I've and been if, saying it. And if you talking about where well, they ain't, they can't do nothing to you, blah, 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 blah. If you got a house, they'll put a lien on it and they'll come take it. I, I know we ain't mentioned this name in a minute, but I hope Pookie out there didn't change his life around. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Pookie, Ray Ray, and Junebug better watch out. Because even if you have a bank account and you open up that bank account with your social security number, the IRS is going to find your bank account, and they're going to freeze your account. Jeez. But trust me, that whole notion that y'all was talking about just 18 months ago about how uh, nobody can trace your transactions, and that's what makes cryptocurrency so beautiful, and that's going to make all the governments collapse, gigs up. Yeah. Ain't happening. Big facts. The SEC been on top of that. They've been working with these here brokerage firms. They've been working with the people that actually uh, manufacture cryptocurrency. They understand this here blockchain technology. They've had all kinds of computer programmers out there writing this stuff. And not only can the government trace these cryptocurrency transactions um, from peer to peer, the government has already embraced the technology and they're using it to their benefit. Mm. So you're not going to get away with this here whole I'm in cryptocurrency and now the government can't watch what I'm doing with my money. That's a, what did, what did they, is that a fallacy? Is that a facade? That's a facade. <laughs> yeah. 1,000% a facade. Yeah. yeah facade, you, facade. You absolutely positively wrong. You're dead wrong. Dead wrong. You got to chill. <laughs> Let me tell you about the third area. Um, that the IRS is going to be focusing on. And I'm getting this here directly from the three employees that left me and went over to the IRS Mm -hmm. and this special division over here. 
What's that? What's that third level? They Drum will roll. be <laughs> aggressively, aggressively, aggressively auditing small business tax returns. Boom. So that means that if you are a small business your and together. you uh, did a 1040 and then you also had a Schedule C, which is a profit and loss statement on the 1040 tax return, I hope you got your records together because the IRS will be coming to look at your books. Mm -hmm. So if you submitted a tax return and it has a Schedule C on there, your probability of being audited or the IRS sending you a letter inquiring about some information and data that you have on your tax return, I hope you have your supporting documents because within the next two years, they will have these little new divisions set up over in the IRS and they will be coming out looking at just about everyone they can. And you know what, brother? What's I that? I gotta say, I appreciate you. I got to applaud you because I remember long ago, you <laughs> told me before you get an LLC, treat your business like an LLC. Man. Yes, Make sir. Make sure you keep track of all your finances, mm -hmm. whether it's through a spreadsheet or a third-party program. And they yep. And you know, most of this here is triggered by this whole paradigm shift where we've talked about earlier about where people are saying, I'd rather go start my own business well, or the pandemic. Taste of what that feels like yeah, and the, what the responsibilities are and the consequences yeah. as well. The pandemic has squeezed them and forced them out of their job. So they've basically said that I'm going to go out and try to do it on my own. Yeah. Or in these instances where these folks went out and said, well, I've been doing my own little thing and I've never really been legitimate. And then they rushed out and did their taxes mm -hmm. and had someone put together a Schedule C so they can qualify for a PPP loan. I think a lot of these activities that have happened since the lock-in lock and the pandemic um, has triggered the IRS to put these special divisions together to go in and take a look at these folks. And as much as I hate to say this here, is much easier for the IRS to go after the little guy yeah. because the little guy doesn't have lawyers and accountants and all the resources behind them to put together all the documentation and be responsive and go toe-to-toe -to -toe for them. The IRS has performance metrics like any other business, and those agents that are coming out there looking, they're trying to find you with your hand in the cookie jar so that they can uh, um, get a green performance metric. Yeah, And it's much easier to come after us little folks than it is for them to go after these big corporations that have 50 lawyers on every floor that can go back and fight the um, IRS tick for tack. Big so facts. they they coming after folks. They're looking at those three areas that I just talked about. Uh, bank wires, they're looking at the bank that has uh, executed the transaction. They're looking at who sent the wire. Who received the wire? They're looking at all three of you all. They're looking at all these cryptocurrency trans, uh, transactions. And they're also looking at small businesses that have filed taxes and they got these Schedule C's on their tax return. So that's what Big Brother's been up to. Big Brother. Am I talking too much? Am nah, I rambling good, over you here? Good. I'm letting you handle your business. I probably you got... sound like an old country fool. Well, you sound like an <laughs> intellect. Y'all, a uh, wise intellect. I'm just telling you all because, folks, I'm a, I'm a fly on the wall. I have the inside track to a lot of these here things. And so that's why, as the uh, I Got Sense Investment Advisor, I have so much success because. I don't believe in cutting corners, but I also have a lot of insight and I have a lot of resources within, you know, um, these big corporations and these uh, 
uh, regulatory agencies and stuff. And so I know it's just simply not worth it. And then I have employees that are in the financial world that uh, I've treated very well as employees. And so as they get promoted and move on, I keep those relationships going. And then they just so happens to be over in another area where they can give me some of those uh, great tips that ain't available to everybody else. There it is. And, and Andre, you've probably worked with me on taxes and stuff where even when I get in a hiccup, or I don't understand um, something going on with a, a particular client's uh, tax situation. Um, I can pick up the phone and call one of about eight to 10 people that I have that actually work on the inside and they can say, yeah, nay, or do this right here. Go over here and read this here IRS publication or take a look at this right here. Or I'm going to send you a little something. And then once you look at that, you should probably follow that guideline. So absolutely. I'm not just talking over here, folks. Absolutely. No, you're not just talking. And yes, 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 yes. There have been times where you might have a question or might be a little iffy on something and you go ahead and hit that handy dandy phone call <laughs> and they help you out. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the importance of having a network. Yes, sir. Networking is fundamental. Hey, that's facts. They say your uh, your wealth is as, as vast as your network. Man, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I think that's. I think we could leave it right here. Let that marinate. Let the let the people, uh, you know, take that in. Yeah, so this is this has been a good talk today about where we are coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and hopefully not going back into lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 Andre and I, we work very very hard to bring you content on the podcast that is not being talked about anywhere else. Well, yeah, our goal is to really just keep you informed and educate you on alternative ways to. Make money, manage money, make your money, make money for you while dropping a couple of gems about some life lessons. So any L's that you do receive in life, turn into lessons and not just losses. And not regurgitating what everybody else done said. Yeah. You know, this yeah. week. Cause it's a whole I'm trying to get some smoke, y'all. Man, he, I'm not he, trying to I'm not trying to get no smoke, he man. Out I'm, here trying to call him out without calling him out, but he's gonna call him out. I'm just saying, man, I'm so tired of people out there running their mouths and talking but what they're saying is they're just regurgitating something they heard on tv or somewhere else yeah that really irritates me i feel that's that's like yesterday's newspaper do you read yesterday's newspaper i don't even read the newspaper (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying i do read but i don't read the man i'm not i'm not i'm not out there trying to uh regurgitate or waste your time i know there are a lot of options out there. Yeah. Millions of podcasts, millions of people competing for your time. But what we try to do is we try to bring you the content to where if you do bless us with choosing us and taking an hour out of your day to listen to our podcast, our content is authentic and it's original and you probably haven't heard it nowhere else. Yep. Boom. Well said. Well, we could go ahead and wrap it up here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, go ahead and drop a dollar in the doggy coin because I said ladies and gentlemen twice. Man, you on that doggy coin, man. <laughs> you on that old mutt. You know what? <laughs> that mutt going to take us to the moon. Man, shine, I'm, I want to get to the moon. I want to get to the moon, man. Like we said last week, I wish I was in that damn thing with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> 
Well, we gonna go ahead and take it on out on that note. <laughs> man, you don't never let me get on Jeff. Jeff head about I'm it. I'm trying to get Jeff, your donation. You man, here Jeff trying must, to get Jeff. Jeff must have gave you a little something over there, man. You, you always protecting Jeff. You you would know, and if you don't know, you will eventually <laughs> because it's definitely gonna have to you know go through you. Damn, Jeff. Jeff could have split that damn hundred between me and Van, man. <laughs> could have threw me at least a rack, man. A couple hundred racks. When I was over there looking at that, reading that article, I was like, Florida Evans, man. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> and I was, I'm like, come on, Jeff, holler at your boy. I'm out here doing good, too. <laughs> but I digress. I'm going to leave Jeff alone because apparently he done told you to keep me under control. Uh, here you go. You don't want me to holler at Jeff. You On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll holler at y'all next week. We appreciate y'all Man, tuning in. Mackenzie, I slid in your DMs, girl. Holler back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm out. All right, man. We'll see y'all next time. Y'all tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell your relatives to check us out on the podcast. Look for my videos on TikTok. Call at your boy Andre at K E I L E Creations. Y'all show us some love, man. We trying to come up with or without Jeff. Man, we like that YZ, don't we? Funky Fresh. All right, I'm gone. All right, peace. I don't play that. I'm frowning. While Mr. Reagan kept clowning. Huh?